0: This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Shnerb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Achremus Kedoshim. Thank you so much for joining us, for giving us this chus of spending a few minutes together to strengthen ourselves, to ready ourselves for the coming Shabbos Kodesh. So let's get right into it. Pashas Kedoshim, which is the second of our two Pashas, deals a lot with Interpersonal relationships with the laws of honesty, with the laws of, of Ben of, 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 of the way you have to treat other people. And one of the very big lavim there is the Iser of, of stealing, of Le So there's a beautiful story regarding that, uh, who was the Rav of, of Lodge. So one day a man came to his room and with tears in his eyes, told him the following story that he had been in lodge for a couple of days on on a business on a business trip, and he says i left my my wallet, which was full of 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 money under my pillow and when I came back and I looked for my purse where I had hidden it i couldn't i couldn't find it, so i went obviously i approached the the owner of the, of the inn and he told me that no one else besides me had been in the room and certainly I must have lost the, the purse somewhere, somewhere else. But he says, I'm a hundred percent sure that this purse was in the place where I put it under the pillow and therefore I, I suspect him that he may have, uh, helped himself to my, to my purse. So Al Echayim walked back and forth in his room for a few minutes and he suddenly remembered that that innkeeper had stood before him not too long ago in some kind of din Torah where he was suspected of, of, uh, misappropriating funds that he had been given by someone to, to, to look after. So straight away he asked, his very emotional guest to please sit down in the room and and wait a little. And he sent his uh, he sent to summon this this innkeeper to his room right away. And of course he came quickly as the Rav had demanded. And Rav uh, Meisel began to 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 speak with this innkeeper about the din that they had that they had had. And the innkeeper argued again and again that he was correct, and there were there were sort of trumped up charges uh, against him. And while they were talking, he took out of his uh, pocket a a, a a you know a snuff a box, quite an expensive uh, a snuff box, and he, he snuffed it once or twice. And Rav leo called out and said. Would you mind if I also try try the try the uh, the snuff from this beautiful box? So without, without hesitation, the the innkeeper stretched out his hand and gave him the very beautiful aromatic box to the to the rub, and he just kept on talking and, and, and putting forth his arguments why he was actually innocent. Suddenly Aval gets up and still holding his hands. The the uh, the snuff box, and he says to the innkeeper, "Can you just hold on one minute? I need to go outside for for a very short time. Something quite urgent. And when I come back, we'll continue discussing this uh, this uh, this matter. And in the meantime, you know, there are plenty of room, uh, plenty of sperm on the table. You can you can uh, have a look at 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 some of them. So Rabbi Yochai went into the next room, and. He summoned his his shamas and he told him, "Run quickly to the house of this innkeeper who lives right uh, next to the to the uh to the uh you know, and 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 tell his wife that her husband uh, uh instructed her that to give the following give the the purse." That uh, that came that you found in the morning in one of the in one of the rooms, and and uh, as as uh, as evidence that this was indeed the order of the of the innkeeper, <clears throat> he gave me his his snuff box as uh, to show that this was a, a legit request. So without without delay, the 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 shliach of the of the rov ran to the woman's house, and without hesitation. When she saw the snuff box, she went to one of the drawers, and and pulled out the 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 missing so-called missing uh, a wallet. And in a very short time, the shamus was able to put it in the hand of the of the rov. So Sir went back to the room where the innkeeper was sitting, and he spoke to them for another few few minutes, and he gave him back his uh, his, uh, his, his snuff box. Once the innkeeper left, so Rav Elio called the the poor man who had his wallet stolen, called him in, and asked him for a few simonim, and uh, to prove it was his, and then was able to return return to him his, uh, his snapback. So that's the greatness of, of, of G'daylom in being able to, to sort out these kind of matters. We'll be back in a moment. This is one point nine FM, Soul to Soul. The program is Soul to Soul. And we'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on your radio on Erev Shabbos, Kedish Parshas, Acharei Moskidosh, welcome back. And thank you for spending a few minutes with us on this ever-shortening Friday afternoon as we run around and scurry to prepare the last-minute details of the coming of the coming, uh, uh, Shabbos. So obviously, the centerpiece of the Pasha of, of Kedoshim is, of course, the mitzvah of your haftal kameicha. You shall love your fellow as you love your, yourself. And of course, to love another Jew is, is, you know, as, as one loves oneself is, as the says, the fundamental rule of the entire Torah. According to Ramban, this mitzvah uh, uh, enjoins us to want others to have the same measure of success and prosperity that we want for ourselves. To really, what they call to fagin, to really feel good, and want that everyone should be as successful as as we are. Now, obviously, this doesn't necessarily work so well with human nature because we have an ego and our ego always wants a little bit more or a little bit better for, for himself, right? He doesn't really begrudge his fellow's success as long as he has a little bit more. You can have 2 million as long as I have two million one hundred one hundred thousand, right? How do we have to, how do we define concept of love. How do you understand loving our fellow on the same level as we love ourselves? So, we find the word Ava, love, used in describing Yitzchak Avinu's love for Rivka Imena. In fact, the Torah says, Yitzchak uh, Yitzchak uh, brought her, Rivka, into into Ayala might to the tent of his mother Sarah, and he took Rifka and Vaitila Lisha, and she became his wife, and he loved her. The Torah description makes it clear their love was the result of their relationship, not the cause of their relationship. Yitzhak Avinu beheld Rivka's midas, her character, her, her kedusha, her ability to bring back what had been lost when his mother had passed away. As the Chazal say, the three seman the the, 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 blessing and the, the chala and the candle being, being, uh, burning all the time and the Anun Kosher and the, the cloud hanging over the back all came back when, when, when Rivka walked in. Once he understood, her greatness, then he he, he loved. Her. In other words, the 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 cognition of who she was that led to the to the love. To love your fellow man as you love yourself means, just as I love myself. In other words, I find every reason to justify and rationalize my own behavior, and you know, kind of a uh, uh, interpret it always as being positive because we are you know god's gift to the world we never do anything wrong so too should i act towards my fellow one doesn't find fault in oneself because one always finds a way to make sense out of his own behavior do the same for your fellow understand them as you understand yourself that is love now, the love that one should maintain towards his fellow Jew is crucial to one's ability to positively influence a fellow Jew who has maybe strayed a little bit from, from being so, so, so religious. In other words, outreach, kirov, is not only <coughs> about a deep-rooted love And sense of responsibility for Jews and, and Judaism, but rather about a, a real deep sense of brotherly love for each and every Jew. Interesting. In his, in his, uh, parish on Pasha's Kukas. So the Ma'orinayim, which is brought down by, by the Imre Shammai writes, even if one observes a, a very Evil trait or, or activity that's committed by a fellow Jew, he should hate only the evil within the person, but not the portion of him which still retains his kedusha. A Yid never loses his total kedusha, his total holiness. He should love, the part of him that's still holy, he should love with his entire heart. And so, and it's Hakadosh Baruch as uh, 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 says, and this is quoted from the, 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 the Tev, teaches a true tzaddikamur, which is a complete, perfectly righteous person, right, who does not possess any evil within himself. So, will not be able to see or perceive any evil within another person. However, one who notices evil within others is looking at a mirror, a poison, anyone who, who invalidates someone else, is actually mirroring his own, his own uh, shortcomings, right? If your face is filthy, he sees a filthy face. If the face is pristine, he sees only, only clean. Likewise, when we look at our fellow, right, kam as yourself, your brother, is the mirror image of yourself. When you see in him, is actually a reflection of yourself. One doesn't hate oneself, unless you really, there are very deep uh, issues, which you don't want to acknowledge. Likewise, you should find every reason to love his brother. That's how we reach out, to even brothers who are far away, and and with pure love for them, and that's where we can influence brothers and sisters to come, to come, uh, to come back. The, the Sarah Vision Serebbe, right, the Makar Baruch, was known for his extraordinary Avashisro, welcoming each and every Jew as if he were his own son. He showed the greatest care and concern for his Hasidim sharing in their moments of joy and, and grieving with them. During their times of, of pain, the Rebbe reached out to even the unaffiliated and estranged as, as, as a friend, as a brother, never sort of condescendingly, never demanding, only with genuine love. A, a wealth of stories abound, which actually show and, uh, and demonstrate the feelings and, and, and the, and the, the love that he had for, for other, for other, uh, for other people. And, uh, and, uh, never, never missed an opportunity of, 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 uh, of demonstrating his unique method of, of outreach, which was completely non-judgmental. And they tell a story that there was a very distinguished Israeli doctor who as a young person was an orphan taken in by the Diskin Orphanage, which was the only religiously observant facility of its kind. Unfortunately, this orphan, as so many others, carried so much baggage on his shoulders that many of them could not sustain the demands that come with being a firm person as a result, he went out into the world as a secular Jew. This doctor came from actually a family which was attached to the uh, Colin Stalin Hasidic community, but when as an orphan <laughs> with little to no direction, so history means very, very little at the age. Of 18, he left the orphanage and returned to Haifa from where his family had originated and soon became a totally secular Jew. Right? He did not hate. He just didn't care. Right? He had interest in neither Judaism nor its people. Right? His free fall to complete secularism was very quick. Descending into the Pit much much quicker than climbing out of it. One Friday night, he was bored, which is not novel. When one's life has no real purpose, so that uh, uh, what did he do? So he heard that there was a rebbe in town, the third vision Rebbe. He got into his car and drove to where the rebbe was conducting his his tish. Right When he arrived at the shul and saw the many Hasidim crowding around the Rebbe, he began to have pangs of guilt. After all, he did hail from a fine Hasidic family and here he was, coming to the Rebbe by car, desecrating Shabbos, without shame, without impunity. He was extremely upset and decided to work his way up to the Rebbe and share his guilt with him. Rebbe, I am miserable. I came here by car. I was blatantly in Shabbos. Right? And I cannot stop uh, uh, myself. The Rebbe embraced him with both hands and declared loudly, My child, come when you want and how you want. You are always welcome here. The doctor remembered those words. The Rebbe told him that he could come whenever and however. This meant that he accepted him, even as the Machal Shabbos. The Rebbe was doing exactly what the doctor least expected him to do. He thought that the Rebbe would reject him and, and curse him for breaking Shabbos. Instead, he embraced him and invited him to return. How did the Rebbe prevent the, this continued Chil Shabbos? He hugged him. He treated him like his child. Ka-moycha. Love each Jew as yourself. Today, the doctor and all of the doctor's descendants are, are from people totally committed to Yiddishkeit as a result as of being treated not as a subject, but as family. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchel Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb only on 101.9 High FM one point nine to so back on your radio air, Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Kedoshim, and we are talking today. We just spoke in our last segment a little bit about the mitzvah of Yahfta L'reachal Kamoicha. Let's go a little bit deeper into that that mitzvah. love your neighbor as yourself. I am I am Hakadosh Baruch and Rashi brings in his commentary, the following, from the Medrash Torah, Rabbi Akiva said, this is a fundamental principle, of the Torah, you know, Rabbi Akiva's well-known, statement, takes on even, added significance, during this time, that we're finding ourselves in, of of Svir Srimer, because we know, during this period, we mourn the deaths of the Gerenitana's 24,000 students. And according to the Gemara in Inyavamus, they died during the time of the Sfira. Why shall I not go cover? They didn't show one another proper, proper uh, 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 respect. Right? And, uh, so, and the world, Morris says the world was left barren of Torah until Rabbi Ya'kiva came to our rabbis in the south and taught Torah to them. There were Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Loza ben Shamua. Right? It was done. Those Talmudim who then upheld Torah study at that time. In fact, what Atana said, all of these disciples perished between Pesach and and uh, and Shavuos. So, from this piece of Gemara, it appears that Kiva's Akiva's uh, rule of Yaterecha Kamaycha somehow was uh, 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 pronounced after the this tragic loss of of his twenty four thousand Talmudim. <laughs> Otherwise, how could it have happened? Therefore during this crucial time of the year, when we mourn the death of these Talmidim, so it really behooves us to consider the vital importance of this rule of of loving your neighbor like yourself. For it appears that Rabbi Akiva's students were somehow punished (laughs) very severely for, for failing to fulfill this mitzvah. And in addition, why did they specifically die during the time of the Sphira between Pesach and, and, and circus. So let's, let's begin by, by, by noting that Rabbi Akiva himself kind of really, really fits hand in glove almost magnificently with the famous words of Hillel Hanlasi and the Gemara we know, everyone knows the the Gemara in Shabbos, there was a certain incident involving a certain non-Jew who presented himself (coughs) to Shammai. And he said to Shammai, convert me on the condition that you will teach me the entire Torah while I'm standing on one leg. And Shammai pushed him away with a a, a cubit-long stick in his hands. He then went to Hillel, and Hillel converted him. And he said to him, that which you find distasteful to yourself, don't do to your fellow Jew. That's the message of the entire Torah. The rest are explanations. Go and learn the explanations. And Rashi explains that Hillel's statement, that which is distasteful to you, don't do to your fellow, was the reference to this mitzvah of this kind of Unique singular mitzvah, he says, is the foundation of the entire Torah in one all kind of encompassing brief statement. The rest of the Torah is merely an elaboration of this, of this maxim, which needs to be explored and studied. And that's precisely the message that Rabbi Akiva says, when he says, love your friend, right? Indeed, that is the foundation of the whole Torah. And that, in fact, that lesson was given over already at at Hasinai. The Torah wasn't given to Kala until they stood together in total unity as one man with one heart. Right? We learn it, it says, Yichan. Shom Yisrael, Yisrael encamped there opposite the mountain, and Rashi says, "Ki echad as one man with one heart. So we see that unity amongst Israel, between a Jew and his fellow Jew, is 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 talk of the foundation of being able to receive the Torah. Notwithstanding, we still have to try to explain the the intent. What did this non Jew who made this very very strange Request of Shammai and Hillel. Why did he ask them to teach him the Old while he was standing on, on one leg, al Achas? Furthermore, how did Hillel's response satisfy his request? Lastly, what in fact is the connection between the mitzvah of Yahav and the entire Torah? To the extent that the Torah was not given to Yisrael until they achieved that degree of Of unity as as one person with one with one heart, so it appears that maybe we can explain it based on a concept that we find in many many places in in in, in, in Sfarim. every Yid we know has a unique portion in the Torah. Well we express this? Whenever we say on, 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 on Shabbos, we say, give us our portion in your Torah to understand what this truly means. So the going says, uh, uh, uh he says in, in, on, on, the Gemara, the Gemara in, in Nida, that says that when a, when a, a, a fetus is in, Utero. so they teach him the entire Torah and when he's born a comes and strikes him on his mouth causing him to forget the entire Torah and the Gemara informs us that in utero a Jew is taught his unique portion of the Torah that he is required to clarify in this world subsequently he's made to forget it so that he will merit fulfilling his task through his own omal, through his own hard work and, and arduous Torah study. So if you understand that, it turns out that the completeness of the Torah depends on the unity of Klaiso. Only then can all of the portions of the whole Torah be bound together as one. Conversely, <laughs> if Yidin are divided and they lack unity and they lack harmony so then they cause a rift they cause a disconnect among the portions of the Torah therefore the Torah warns us that Torah achas Echad Yelachem one Torah one judgment will apply to all of you don't allow the portions of the Torah to be split apart Due to your pettiness, to your divisions, to your to your discord between fellow Jews, this explains so nicely why the Torah was only given to so after they came together as one united body. Because only then was there this incredible, glorious union of all the portions of the Torah together. So now we understand what the converts. Was asking Shammai Nilo and what the responses was. Evidently, this convert was aware of the fact that every Jew has his own unique portion in the Torah. Therefore, he requested Shammai, "Please convert me on the condition that you will teach me the entire Torah in its entirety while I'm standing on one leg." And you know, he specifically uses the the, the funny language. Kol HaTorah Kula, all of the Torah in its entirety emphasizing Kol Kula emphasizing that he wanted to comprehend not only his own portion of the Torah but also all of Klai's portions of the Torah this prompted Shammai to push him away forcefully because it's impossible for any person to attain all of the portions of the Torah, after all Every Jew only possesses his unique portion that he received at at uh at Asina. Yet when he presented the same request to Hillel, he was offered an amazing solution. loch, that which is detasteful to you, don't do to your friend. In other words, fulfill the mitzvah of Yahapta Recha Kamacha. Love every Jew as if you are of one mind and body. By doing so, it will be as if you attained all of their portions of the Torah as well. That's the, really the deeper meaning of this expression. Ki Ish Echad, echad. When Yisrael are in total harmony and unity, they're like a single body with one heart and one mind, every bit of knowledge. And pleasure spreads throughout the entire the entire body. And that's so that explains so beautifully. Hillel's final statement it says, The The rest is just commentary, explanation. Go and learn it. In other words, after you accept upon yourself, you have to so that it will be considered as if you are also attained all of your fellow Jews' portions of the Torah, then it's incumbent upon you to reveal the meaning of <coughs> your own personal <coughs> portion of the Torah. The portion that Hashem gave specifically to you. For, you also have to contribute your portion of the Torah to all of to all of uh Klaisa. Right? that. That is the uh the meaning of the mitzvah. of your haftar kamocha. That which is distasteful to you, don't do it to your fellow. Just that is distasteful to you if your fellow Jew is unwilling to share his portion of the Torah with you. In the same fashion, you have to share your portion of the Torah with all the rest of Christ. And by doing so, it will be as if you learned the entire Torah while standing on one leg. Now Rabbi Akiva's twenty four thousand students did not comprehend that every single Jew has his own part in the Torah, and that each equally valid and divinely ordained right to each and, and therefore as a consequence they they, they failed to properly respect one another it was precisely for this reason that they died specifically during the 49 days of the Sira between Pesach and Shavuos for these days are when all of Christ need to unite in in preparation for Kabbalah Satera just as they did at the time of Maikon Torah. they have to encamp as one man with one heart that enables them to receive the Torah. In in its entirety on on uh, on 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 Chag on Chag, uh, Chag and with regards to to this subject, so there's a, a a fascinating story brought down in the the Mardachi in Erevin number five twenty eight. It's told that Hakadosh Baruch Hu miraculously arranged. A meeting between two of the great Bali Toistus, the two holy brothers, Rabbeinu Yaakov, known as Rabbeinu Tam, and Rabbeinu Shmuel, known as the Rashbam. Both were sons of Rabbi Meir, Rashi's son-in-law. Both were privileged to learn Torah with their grandfather, Rashi. And the story goes as follows. The Rashbam, who typically looked, always looked down, he always bent his gaze downward, intended to get on a carriage. He didn't notice that it was being pulled by a horse and a mule. Miraculously, his brother, Rabinatam, appeared there. He told his brother, the Rashbam, don't be such a big tzaddik. If you would merely look up You'll see that a horse and a mule are standing before you. And we learn in the Torah, in, Ma, in Mamish, in, in, uh, in Perik Dalit of, of Mesechus Kilayim, that it's prohibited to harness a horse and a mule to, or a mule and a donkey. Therefore, he abstained and didn't go on the carriage. Now, let's think about it. The Passock says explicitly, you cannot uh, plow with a donkey and a ox together. Chazal learned from here that it is prohibited to unite two animals of different species. Not just for plowing, but for any form of labor, such as pulling a carriage. And that's how the alochah is, is, is brought down. In fact, in the, uh, in the Shukhulach. you can't do work with two different species, plowing, pulling a carriage, and the like. Whether one is impure and the other is pure, whether even in a situation both are impure, even both of them are pure. Uh, and that's, that's the, uh, that's halacha. A wagon that is drawn <coughs> by animals of different species. It's prohibited to ride in it, even if you're not driving it, because his riding in it is the reason that they are pulling it. Similarly, it's prohibited for each, for, for, it's prohibited for one to ride in the wagon and the other to drive the wagon. So in this story, both the horse and the mule are two species of non kosher animals, which are included in the rule of uh, can't plow them. So it was prohibited for the Rashbam to ride in that carriage drawn by a horse and a mule together. As the halacha states, even though he only intended to ride in the carriage, nevertheless, his riding in that carriage created the need for the animals to pull with greater force. Miraculously, his brother Abinatam happened to be there, prevented him from getting into the carriage, and saved him from violating this this uh, this love. Now, let's examine this incident just a little bit more closely in the short time we have in order to understand the lesson that's being told us. First of all, it's clear that Abed Tam and the Rashbam had two different ways of serving Akkadish Hu. The Holy Rashmah typically always looked downwards to prevent his eyes from observing things that are prohibited. Thereby, being Makadish, sanctifying his eyes. On the other hand, his brother Abinatam scolded him, don't be overly righteous. He too believed that it is necessary to safeguard one's eyes, but it's also necessary to raise one's eyes to avoid violating halacha. So in support of this explanation so we find that the Rishonim called him Rabbeinu Tam because his real name was Yaakov. Right? He possessed that some connection to the Neshama of Yaakov Avinu who the Torah says Yaakov Ishtam Yeshev Aylem and the Torah tells us that Yaakov raised his eyes and he saw his brother, Esau, uh, uh approaching him with 400 uh, people, right? And at that time of need, he raised his eyes to safeguard himself from the wicked Esau. Now, the Rashbam found himself in a difficult predicament. He wanted to go into the carriage to travel to wherever he was He was going. However, because he didn't look up, he didn't notice that the carriage was drawn by a horse and a mule. Nevertheless, we have an important rule of Hakadosh Baruch Hu looks after tzaddikim. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu miraculously arranged for his brother Abinatam, to happen to be there, as the Mordechai says. It's it just happened that he was that he was there. He arrived just in time to save him from from that thing. So. Must be Rabbeinah. Tam was very, very happy that he was afforded the opportunity to stop his brother from doing, from doing it out there. Nevertheless, he had to give him a little bit of Musa. Says, you have to look up and notice the danger. Now, the Mardukhi doesn't tell us what Rashbam answered his brother. It's very likely that just as he was extremely careful with regards to guarding his eyes, he was also Careful to be careful with his uh, speech, so maybe he didn't actually even say anything. So we can uh, 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 we can learn perhaps from from uh, from here that Hakadosh Baruch Hu brought about this whole incident to teach us that both are truth. You know that Hakadosh Baruch Hu arranged for the rashbam. To be spared from the Isser of Kilayim through the miraculous appearance of his brother Rabbeinu Tam. Now Karshboku could have saved him in many different ways. All right, another carriage could have come along drawn by animals that were, that were, that were kosher, right? That, that, was not, that were not Kilayim. Or some other Jew could have happened and, and, and warned him. Why did Karshboku specifically do it this way? So perhaps it's important to recognize that these two great brothers, Abinatam and Rashbam, were among the greatest kham of their generation. They were from the greatest of the, of the Bali Taisas. Not only did they teach the members of their generation the ways of the Torah and how to serve HaKadosh Baruch but they left their incredible impression on all of, uh, of, of Klai Yisrael. Right, we see it by, the, by their by their commentary. Now, each one had his own way of serving Hashem, as as we as we saw from this from the story, and the, the 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 lesson that's being told. Hashem wanted to teach Kaisho. that both methodologies are correct and divinely inspired. Each one's methodology was well intended and suited their particular Nishama. and therefore, Hashem who brought them. Together, the true unity of Klai So, right, uh, 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 is is when all the different neshamas and all the different attitudes and all the different ways of serving our Baruch come together. And that that uh, is masaking the sin of the Talmidim of of Rabbi Akiva. One hundred point nine soul to So. We'll be back in a moment. Good morning. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Shnerv, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio here on Friday afternoon. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Achremas, Kedoshim, in the year Tav Shin, just so You shouldn't think that this is just a rebroadcast from last year, the year 57881, corresponding, if you really don't trust me, corresponding to 23rd of April in the year 2021. We're back We're on your radio, and so glad to have you as part of our radio family, tuning in even just for a few minutes, to hear one little bit of of, of tayro, uh Halacha we're going to learn now. But as we always do at this point on the show, just to give you the important times you need for the coming Shabbos. So, Shabbos is getting earlier all the time, and you can already... Light your candles at twenty-five to five this afternoon. Four thirty, four even. You can light the candles. Start your Shabbos as early as you can. Come on, well, it's all done. All the work is done. You're just anyway kind of, <laughs> you know, pushing it a bit. Let's let us let's, let's get Shabbos going as early as we possibly can. Bring the kedusha into our homes. Bring the kedusha into our lives. Calm down, chill a bit. Get into the Shabbos. Mode of thing where we just kind of respect each other and we never get upset or angry. The latest time for benching Licht today is at 26 minutes past five. Five twenty six is the latest time for benching, benching uh, a Licht. And uh, that means of course that Shkia is at five forty four. Uh, a minutes before, quarter to six. So that really, that's the end of even injury time. If you're really desperate, you must stop doing mulachal before, before that that time. Therefore, if you want to daven myrav bismanoy uh, uh, and and not have to repeat krishma, you can do it shortly after six, six or two, six or three is already uh, uh, plenty of time. You can daven myrav and not have to repeat. Krishma, and then sit down to, to enjoy a beautiful Friday, uh, Friday evening with beautiful food and nice company and hopefully some, some and, uh, you know, a warm atmosphere because it needs, it's getting a little bit cold at night. We need a nice warm, warm atmosphere. Tomorrow morning is, of course, uh, Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Acharema Again, a double Parsha, but this is an exceptional one because while every time there is a double pasha, we read two pashas. So obviously the, usually the haftarah is from the second pasha because the, the usually corresponds to the maftir that we read before. And therefore since you read Kadoshim afterwards, we should read the haftarah of Kedoshim. but it's quite a, quite a harsh. Uh, haftarah and talks about uh, uh Yushalayim being viewed by by the Novi as as in a not very nice way. So therefore we read rather the Haftara from Amos, the Haftarah uh, uh, of Pashas Achremus, which happens to be the shortest haftara of the year, but it's quite an upbeat, quite an optimistic haftarah of prophecies of the of the of the future, and therefore we read that haftarah. In, uh, instead, I think a lot of people know that after, um, I, I was told, uh, by a few people over the, that in some shuls uh, uh, in the olden days, if they saw that a boy wasn't so talented in, in being able to lay an after, so they, uh, yeah, would find the shortest after in the vicinity of his bamitsa, you know it might have been a month or two later, and allowed him to read that, so that's not to, uh, make it too, pressured on him. So the after for tomorrow is Havloi uh, Kivnei Kushiim We we are in the middle of Pirkei Yavas. We're reading this week Perik Gimel, the third Perik of, of Pirkei Yavas. and again, sit down in an afternoon and, and read a little bit, maybe learn a few commentaries. There's such beauty in every single mission and every single statement of, of, of Pirkei Yavas, and it's certainly worthwhile to to invest, of course, as long as with, uh, together with the Pasha, there's a fortune in this week's Pasha, both in terms of Achremus, the whole service of the, of of Yom Kippur and Kedashim, which really deals a lot with more with morals and ethics and, and laws between man and his, uh, and, and his fellow. Uh, Shabbos Kedesh ends this week at 6.16, 16 minutes past, uh, uh, 6. Um, and uh, that, yeah, that is the end of of, uh, of Shabbos. And this week we have a lot of exciting things coming up. So Monday, which is the fourteenth day of year, will be Pesach Sheni, uh, a chance to not say the long Monday Tachanun. But it's a day with we know that in the time of the Beis they used to give a second chance to the people who didn't bring the Korm Pesach on time. To be able to bring it in if they were, if you were virtually impure or you were out of Yushalayim, you had a second chance. So we celebrate that. Many have the minute to eat some matzah on that day. And then of course, Thursday night, Friday is like Baomer with its celebrations. And of course, being as it's Friday, so one can do as part of one's preparations for next Shabbos to have that haircut, have a shave. So one looks really Nice and spiffy and respectable for that, for next, for next, uh, uh, next Shabbos. We began last week relearning from the very beginning the laws of, of Shabbos. So we're talking about the preparation for Shabbos. And of course, preparation of course starts on Friday. And even though, as we mentioned last week from a certain aspect, the whole week really one needs already to be getting into the mode of preparing for Shabbos as we spoke uh, uh the Mahlaqsin be Shammai and Be and their different attitudes towards preparing for Shabbos. But the main preparation for Shabbos of course needs to be done on on Friday. And it's a Pasuk. Posuk in Basha Shmoish where it says, it will be on the sixth day of the week on Friday. They would go out in the morning and and collect the mun and then they would prepare it to you uh mun could taste like anything they could cook it or bake it or make it into anything that they wanted for their for their families. And in the same way as as the yidden, when they were in the desert, so they were sustained by the mun that fell every every night and set away in the morning on Friday. They went out, gathered the mun so too uh, halacha uh, mandates us to hurry up in the morning and get busy as early as possible to to uh, make whatever preparations we need to do for Shabbos early in in uh, in, in Friday morning, and it's a it's a, uh, a, a very very nice uh, a, a minig for women to get up on early on Friday. This is the strict halacha obviously, and and bake. Chalas, What whatever you want to call them, in honor of Shabbos, and to be able to fulfill, says Ramal, the mitzvah of separating, separating Chala, and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, that's a, that's a big mitzvah, it's a tikkun for the original sin of, of Chaba. Of course, again, we need to stress that when, when we're talking here about preparing on Friday, that was basically written in this forum, where there was little refrigeration, no way really of storing food, and therefore the preparation had to be done last minute. Of course, in our environment, there's no reason at all why well, one has to sort of pack everything into the last minute and on, and on, on the contrary. One should really start thinking and planning and, and actualizing that planning early in the week. You know, the challahs can be baked on, on Sunday. And you know, put them in the freezer and they're just good to go for, for Shabbos. You know, instead, instead of the stress, especially in, in our environment where so many people are actually working part-time or, or full-time to, to, to sort of do an all-nighter on, on Thursday to sort of try to get everything done. It, it's, crazy and, and, and really, really not necessary. With a little bit of forethought and a little bit of, of planning, one can, one can get it all done. Be, be, uh, for and even though there is this mitzvah to uh, uh, go quickly and 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 as early in the morning do the purchases for for Shabbos, obviously uh, don't miss out on davening with a with a minion. And if someone normally in the, every morning has a seder and learns something after he daven's, he should keep that uh, 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 normalcy and. And, and learn every day. And afterwards, he'll go out to the shops and, and prepare what he needs for, for Shabbos. Only if there's a real worry that he might not, there might not be anything left in the shops, which really today is, is, is not likely to, to happen at all. there's, there's plenty, there's a, usually not a, a, a shortage of things. So then, in that situation, You really felt desperate like you wouldn't be able to get anything, then you'd be even able to go out and do one's shopping before before chakras. But again, the norm is that one should stop one's normal morning routine and then afterwards run around and do the purchases for shops. We'll be back in a moment with our closing segments. One one point nine High FM sold to Soul on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 well, High FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio, one more short time for Shabbos Kodesh uh, uh, Parshas Achrimus Kedoshim. Thank you for being with us. We're talking about preparation on Erev, Erev Shabbos and the Yacharonim uh, bring bring down that it... Uh, it is better to buy whatever the food one needs from Shabbos uh, uh, in those days on Friday rather than on Thursday, because that shows that you're buying it specifically for 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 Shabbos, and, and they, whatever you're buying is the covered Shabbos. And another reason that they bring also is again when there was no. A, a refrigeration, so there was no way of preserving uh, a, a food and keeping it fresh. And we want that the Shabbos food should be spit, should be as nice as possible. So they had to buy it as as uh, on Friday. But even then, and certainly today, those things that uh, you might not be able to find on Friday, or things that require preparation. Where it's going to really pressure you to have to do the preparation on Friday, it would be better to buy them on Thursday or even earlier. And uh, if a woman has two possibilities, either to let's say cook uh, all the food on 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 Friday, and and really, as I said, to be wiped out when Shabbos comes, or to start her cooking earlier and and to freeze them, or or preserves them so to go into Shabbos like a mensch, a mensch is a non sexist word. Rather she should finish all her cooking earlier and, and just relax and get into Shabbos and just do the last preparations, get the house in order on uh, on uh on Friday. Warm warm the food. Right? Because the main thing is to, to be in a state of mind you can actually enjoy the, the Shabbos. And that's why it's more much more important to, to plan it and not kind of run the usual panic that we run on the, uh, on Erev, on Erev, uh, on Erev Shabbos. And it's, it's, it's especially dangerous because the, the Sutton knows the kind of tension and stress that we're under on Friday. And often it can lead to a lot of tension in the house and, 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 and fighting. And, and it stops us from being able to accept Shabbos. Uh 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 uh. Pass. We want this to be a Shabbos shalom. We want it to be a Shabbos of of absolute peace and and harmony without without any kind of a, kind of a fighting. And the Gemara talks about a, a certain couple that every week in late afternoon there was all kinds of fights in in in, in their houses. And Rav Meir came to their house, and for three successive Shabbos he came there. Every year of Shabbos, he stayed in the house until he managed to calm them down and 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 kind of preserve peace between them. And there was a a, a Bascoil that came out and said, "Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Ramea chased me out of out of out of out of this house. Let's try to make our uh, uh, uh Fridays a time of Nachas, a time of Simcha, a time of of relaxed." getting things done in in the most pleasant, pleasant kind of way. And that should be the environment that we go right into the Shabbos with. And with that, I'll leave you to get on with it, to finish your Shabbos preparations genially and gently with help from the whole family. And please, God, have a beautiful, enriched, warm, and wholesome Shabbos together. And on behalf of the whole Chai FM team and Craig the Controller, we wish each and every one of you a beautiful, warm, good Shabbos.